All right. All right, everybody. You are listening to the Minding Mind podcast, where we live life with ease, connection, and permission to just be. I'm your host, Evelyn Lavasser, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I get to sit down with Kim Kendall Da Silva and discuss a very juicy topic that came up online first, and we decided to go all in. The question is, which comes first, children or spouse? I cannot wait for you to get to hear more of this. So let's get started. I'm going to start by telling you a little bit about Kim, and then she's going to tell you a little more about herself. So do you feel like you're stuck in a co-parenting roommate arrangement? Are you yearning to rediscover the spark that once ignited your relationship? Perhaps even dreaming of those weak in the knees moments when he brought you flowers. Kim helps you bring that romance and passion back into your life, just like those early dating days. She will help you transform your co-parenting arrangement into a passionate, fun-filled, connected union. She is a relationship mentor for women. She also has a background in lecturing Latin American history and Spanish and works with women in cross-cultural relationships or those who are using Spanish as a tool to connect with family and community members. Kim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Evelyn. It's a pleasure to be here. We have such a good time when we chat. I don't know why we don't do it more often. I know. All right, right. We have businesses and families and all that thing. All the things, all the things. So there we are. I'm really happy to be here because yes, you know, I've been hearing this room roommate arrangement talk being bandied around a lot recently. So mm-hmm. I think it's it it's it it really is something that is happening and needs to be addressed. And there are ways to address it. I I like I like to say nip it in the bud, but sometimes by the time we start to recognize what's going on, we're a bit past the bud stage. Mm-hmm. It's reversible. What do you think like for for a woman who's just starting to recognize these issues, right? And doesn't even know where to start, or maybe feels like her husband doesn't feel those same things. He doesn't miss it. Like maybe he's comfortable with the arrangement. Where do you think that she starts? She starts with herself. Now, why I say herself is that it's easy. It's easy to to kind of notice what he's not doing, what he's not saying, what she's not getting from him, because that's, we're only human, you know, we, we, we can't, we can't really see ourselves perfectly. We can see other people. So that's why we start there by looking at what our partner isn't doing or is doing that's different that we don't like. So maybe what she needs to do is start to evaluate herself. What exactly is she feeling? Why does she think she's feeling that? Okay, how has she changed to get to this point? Because he didn't wake up one day and be how he is now. Neither did she. So what's been changing over the, the preceding months, years to get to this point? Because mm-hmm. you kind of have to reverse engineer it. Yeah. Do you find that women, the women that you work with are general, like genuine, excuse me, generally or genuinely ready to kind of do that like reflective evaluative work? Or is there like a resistance? There's a resistance. I always say that the beginning stages, we do a lot of venting. It's a lot of uh, what the partner isn't doing, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. But once we get, and the thing is, I think that's also an important thing to do because especially women, we need a safe space to, and why I say safe, it's because 
you see all of that stuff you want to vent about, don't go to your mother, don't go to your best friend, don't go to your sister. These are people you deal with on a daily basis. These are people who are going to have an eye and air and sometimes a whole physical body in your relationship. Mm -hmm. So that's not necessarily a safe space to, 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 to air that dirty laundry. Let me just caveat that really quickly. This does not apply to any cases of, 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 of abuse or where there is a toxic relationship. This applies to generally healthy relationships, right? Mm -hmm. So a safe space then being someone like a therapist, a counselor, a mentor, a coach, where they are literally holding that room for you to let you talk about things that you probably have not spoken about with anybody else. Mm -hmm. But it needs to come out because sometimes just in you voicing those things, you start to recognize it. You also start to see pieces coming together. Mm -hmm. So it's a good space to start with just letting it all out. Mm -hmm. Rebuilding. Yeah. So yes, there is some reluctance, but once they once they once they feel seen and heard, mm -hmm. like my my experience is real. Other women have this. This is not just a me thing. Someone understands me. It's like a huge weight gets lifted off and then the focus comes on, okay, what can I do now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how do you take them from, because this is what I kind of noticed that a lot of women, when we get together, will talk about the same issues, right? Like they feel a lot of the same issues, but there's a sense of venting mm -hmm. and then just accepting that that's the way it has to be. Because right. we're all in it, we're all sharing it. It's kind of just what we all have to accept. Like, how do you change that narrative? Are you are you happy? And it sounds so simplistic. And I am not one who's going to sit down and say, "Oh, you've just got to to hunt down your happiness and do whatever makes you makes you tick." No, that's not it. What is going on now? Are you going to be happy and comfortable with this happening two years from now, five mm -hmm. years from now? 10 years from now, do you think it's actually going to stay the same way? Mm -hmm. So let's 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 play it forward because our relationships are not stagnant. There's it's not going to stay exactly as it is. Mm -hmm. Either going to get better or it's going to get worse. So follow that path. Look at where you have come again, where have you come from to get to this point? If you don't make a shift now, then it's going to continue moving and probably in a negative direction. You make the shift now, you can turn it back around mm -hmm. the more positive way. And that's the thing to get to get her to to really embrace the fact that, oh no, the status quo, it can't be the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, like even in the work that I do, which feels very similar to I focus on, you know, the health and wellness space, but also from the lens of knowing that the the life you're leading is literally a life filled with choice, like even not making a choice, you know? So when you feel stuck and you feel like you're in your marriage and things aren't working out and your husband doesn't hear you or see you, choosing to remain the same is still choosing, you know, a direction toward an outcome. So I love that idea of like, just kind of going in a little bit, minding yours, I would say, right. Getting, getting involved, like your instincts, your desires, what makes you happy? And it, it kind of is a simplistic question, like you said, but also so relevant. Like if all the things that you're discussing, all the things you're venting about, all the things that are causing you pain in your day-to-day -day life are fixable. Yeah. What do you want to do with that? Exactly. I love that. 
Do you I love that. How do you then, well, first I'm curious to know, do you start, you, I know that you work with women specifically. Do you involve their husbands or do you help them gauge how to involve their husbands in private? How do you um, navigate that part of the relationship? It really is how they engage their husbands. And when I think probably three quarters of the ladies I work with, their their husbands, their partners, they're just not ready mm. to do any work on the relationship. I'm certainly not with someone else. They're, they're still in that space of everything is okay. We can handle this on our own. I don't need someone to tell me what to do. But then, yes, they do get to a point where it where she gets to a point where she can she can start having these conversations with her partner in a more engaging way, a less confrontational way. The thing is, when there's a lot of pain and a lot of frustration and a lot of I don't know what to do, it's very hard to have those positive conversations with our, our significant others because we're still striking out. We're easily hurt. We're very defensive. So the walls, the walls are there. Mm -hmm. having conversations that involve empathy and curiosity are difficult mm -hmm. but once she starts to be once she starts to 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 release that resentment once she starts to feel more in control of her own feelings then she can be more open to having those conversations mm -hmm. and at that point if if they decide they want to work on on their relationship together i usually then have well I have a list of people that I can say, well, I know these 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 folks work with couples if you want to if you want to try them out. But just like one side note on that as well. And it's something that I remember my own my own coach said to me years ago. But we talk about relationship counseling, relationship coaching. Always remember your relationship is not a person. Your relationship is not an entity on its own. Your relationship exists because there's you and there's your partner. You are two people who come together to create it. So really, when you're getting assistance, remember, you are getting assistance, he or she's getting assistance, and then together you guide your relationship. Mm -hmm. As much as it sounds like that's just semantics, it's not. No. It's really recognizing two individuals have to be whole or working towards it. 100%, 100% because I, I know that, let's see. So this summer I was married 18 years and let me tell you something. <laughs> and the beginning of my marriage, I was like, okay, is his job to make me happy? And he has to want to make me happy. And as long as he's doing that and I'm doing that, then we're fine. Oh my gosh. What is it? Happy wife, happy life. He's supposed to get that, right? <laughs> Right, right. Like I, you just fall right into it. Like you, I think that we kind of grow up with this idea of what um, marriage looks like. And yeah. then we're with somebody who makes us feel like we're on this emotional high. Right. Yeah. And then you get married and you think, I'm always going to feel this way. This emotional high is going to carry me for yeah. 60 years. Right. You're just going to live your life in bliss. And then, you know, life lives and then you have situations come up and you have children and you start recognizing how differently you see the world how your values are different and how just you approach different things from completely different mindsets and completely different filters right because even if you share values even if you share goals even if you both love 
your families. Mm -hmm. The fact is, is that you are an individual coming into that relationship with a filter on life based on your own experience. That's the part that you're like, what you're saying is perfect because, you know, it's not me looking at my husband and saying like, we have the same values, therefore we should act and react the same way. It's totally not that because I even felt like in the beginning, we had very clear conversations about like our expectations for marriage and our expectations for our relationship and money. And right, people say that's so important to have it, but nobody really tells you that you should also clarify what you mean in your expectation, right? So like, this is a perfect example. Definitions. Yes, be clear, (laughs) spell it out. Like one value that I'll say we both had is presence. For me, it was important that he is present. And of course he agreed. Absolutely. That's what I want too. But presence for him meant I'm home. I'm home. I'm in the building. (laughs) Presence for me meant you're not distracted. You're engaged. You're focused right here. Right. So it's like, yes, we had the same value, but our definition of that value was not clear. Right. So it was a lot more of the clarifying the values and also, excuse me, a lot of work on my part to recognize that it is not his job to make me happy. That's my job. It's my job. Exactly. It is heavy work to try to make someone feel something that they don't feel about themselves. This is it. This is it. I want to feel loved. I want to feel cherished. I want to feel appreciated. How are you showing that to yourself first? Because if you don't, if you don't value yourself, if you can't look in the mirror and say, I love myself, mm-hmm. who else is going to do that for you? And then you believe them. Yeah. Yes. I think that's it right there. If you, if you don't feel that about yourself as an individual, even when someone else genuinely feels that about you, a part of you doesn't believe it. A part of you doesn't trust it. And you're almost like searching for ways to prove that they don't mean it. That's it. Just searching for ways that they don't mean it. And you're actively looking for it and you're going to find it if you Mm -hmm. want to prove something badly enough you're going to find a way to prove it Mm -hmm. so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy 100 and i feel like that has to do with every belief that we have about ourselves in our life like your mind will dig and dig through every memory that you have to prove whatever thought you have is real it's real if you say i'm terrible all men cheat all men are going to be awful to me i'll never have a healthy relationship then you're right you're right. You're right. You're 100% right. Mm-hmm. And he may have had no intention of cheating. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he has no control over himself either. I mean, right. come on. Right. That's real. Yeah, no. He has. He had full control over what he did. But perhaps you acted in a way that left space. And I mean, we're not here to talk about, about, the, about the cheating part. But I mean, even things as simple as, you know, when you're talking to your, your partner throughout the day and you have an idea of where each other are, what you're doing, you know, you're... You're not keeping tabs, but you know, I know what my husband is doing. He knows what I'm doing. It's not that I'm checking up on him. He's not checking up on me. It's, it's, it's our daily conversation. Yeah. 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 It's just communication. Communication. I even think like there are, when we're talking about that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like there are stories that we carry around in our mind too. And like, I, this is a very real conversation that I had just several months ago where I recognized when I was younger, even though I felt very loved in my home, my parents were, I guess, not totally focused on what we felt. It was more about like safety, 
taking yeah. care of us in that way. Right. So a lot of what I learned was, or how I received the lesson was no one cares what I feel. Yeah. No one cares what I feel. And I carried, I didn't even realize I was carrying that story with me up until recently. Yes. I was literally doing the dishes and my girls went to their room to go play. And my husband was on the couch and I'm like stewing, washing the dishes, irritated. Like everyone else is relaxing. I'm sitting here doing this by myself. Nobody cares how I feel. And I, oh my, I'm standing, it literally hit me like, like a lightning bolt. Ooh, that's that story. And I had to stop myself mid thought and say, is that true? Is that a factor? Is that a feeling? And and then, you know, in, in that moment, I was able to say like, he spends every day showing me that he cares about my feelings. Like that's a story that I'm carrying with me and I don't have to own it anymore. But it, it's just so powerful to see like, you think that the relationship is the answer yes. to what you want to feel. But the truth is like, what you feel determines the relationship. What you feel determines the relationship. Yep. And then what you feel is influenced by how you are acting, yes. what thoughts you are letting enter and take root. I'm I'm not saying that you 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 downplay the negative thoughts or, or you or you forgetting the, the word or you pretend it's not real. Yeah. That kind of gaslighting of yourself kind of thing. No, that's not mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what thoughts are you letting live there? And yet you revisit over and over again. Mm -hmm. So those things also impact how you feel. Yeah. And like, and I guess that's where it almost feels empowering when you start to recognize that you do have control of your thoughts and, you know, maybe sometimes they do spiral and they are influenced by things that have happened in our past, but we get to rewrite that story whenever we're ready. Right. Like, so I get to choose in that moment, washing the dishes, all pissed off at the world. I got to choose <laughs> to recognize that my family does not disregard me. They do care about my feelings and they show it in many other ways. And that wasn't about them. That was about me, right? So in that moment, it felt frustrating as hell at first and then empowering to say, that's not true. And I do not need to carry that story with me anymore. No, exactly. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I just love the idea of, recognizing that we've been through so many things, but those things don't have to like predetermine our destiny. Those things, like there is no trajectory that is, that we don't have a say in. Exactly. And this is why doing the work is so important because mm -hmm. it really raises your self-awareness. And I'm not saying that that's a, an easy thing either, because there are oh. sometimes that you said, you know, you're, you're there stewing and you want to be miserable and you want to be angry at the world. And then you have to tell, you lecture yourself and you're like, is this for real? Are you, are you, are you creating this circumstance? Are you perpetuating this circumstance? What is your role in this circumstance? I'm like, are you choosing to be angry or can you choose to let it go? Mm. But I want to be angry. <laughs> Mad for a moment. You know, those, those words came back in my face recently. <laughs> I want to say it was in, whatever in the last year. I feel like all since COVID, everything's been a blur. But my daughter, my youngest daughter did something. And I said to her, you made me angry. And she literally shot back with, no one controls your feelings. Yay. <laughs> I was like, damn it. My lessons come from like, you're right. You're right. No one controls my feelings. That is for me to handle. I'll be back in a moment. 
no one controls your feelings but you mommy oh my gosh you are right yeah pretty much pretty much pretty much yeah lesson learned lesson learned still don't like what you did and we have to address it but yeah I I, yeah. I get to choose my reaction and you are correct so I love I love that's like the perfect segue to get all into this so speaking of the children right because you get married you have the babies and it's literally your job to keep this human being safe and fed and cared for and prepared to be a productive member of society at some point on their own. So who comes first, the spouse or the children that are dependent on you? Exactly. And of course you would think it should be the children. They're dependent on me. Who else is going to look after them? They're mine. No one's going to love them as much as I do. So they come first. But, 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 what does that mean? So, mm -hmm. Evelyn, you asked the question in your in 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 your Facebook group recently, and in, I think you had read a survey where a lot of men actually said they put their children before their spouse, sometimes their mother before and their spouse. mom. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, I was so shocked to read this survey where one of the gentlemen actually said, and he said this out loud with pride. He said. First comes my kids, then my mom, and my wife is last because she's the only one that's replaceable. Right. That hurt my soul for his wife. Right. The only one that's replaceable. Oh, that hurt my soul for her. Yes. Because she's, and you, it's an interesting thing because that thought had crossed my mind at at different stages in my life when I would think about rules especially I don't know for any of you who've been in that corporate environment and then one day you wake up and you realize you're replaceable in your corporate in your corporate role so I remember thinking where else am I replaceable I say I'm not replaceable at home and then I started looking at well okay well sure okay a spouse you can you can people have different spouses depending on on but no it's a whole different person. And especially if that current spouse is the mother or father of your children, you can't replace that. Mm -hmm. You cannot replace that bond. Nobody else is going to feel that way about your kids because mm -hmm. they're their kids too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I feel like I have a hard time. And I know in the, what I, first, what I love is recognizing that the people in my community are not negative or argumentative like the conversation I thought was genuine and open and full of lots of different perspectives but all respectful so I love that because I'm down to hear anybody's perspective um I want to learn um as much as I can and and hear each other out but I guess the way I look at it is I love my children dearly there's that's not even a question like I, maybe it's silly that I even have to say that out loud or feel that I had to say that out loud but I fully believe that the life we lead is our choice. Yeah. And for my children to have the acceptance and self-love and fulfillment and passion in their future for themselves, I need them to know that it's them first, me first, relationship next because that's the one that I choose and then together we love our children right like it, it is the strength of us united that lifts our children up rather than me saying one of you comes over the other it is together that we lift you 
Exactly. And I also think that there is this this false sense of we are making somebody more important than somebody else. The thing is, it's a different type of love and it's about how we express that love. And in no way, shape, form or fashion are we saying that your children get less of you because of the your children get everything that they need from you. Mm-hmm. But one of the things they also need from you is modeling healthy relationships. And I think this is where this is where it becomes even more important that we value and prioritize our relationship with our spouse. Because mm-hmm. our children need to see that. Our children also need to know that, you know what, mommy and daddy are taken care of because they love each other. They have each other. They don't need me to prop them up. Because don't think children don't see some of these things. They do. And it's not their responsibility to fulfill us, to complete us, to make us happy, to support us. They need to go live their own lives. I hadn't even considered that point. Like I, that just hit me when you said that, like, because that is the truth. When kids see something wrong in their parents' lives, they do internalize and feel like it's their responsibility to fix it. So literally prioritizing your relationship releases your kids from the burden of having to do that. Exactly. Wow. That, that is a powerful aspect too. It is. It, it really, really is. And I, I also kind of want, want people to think it forward, right? So what happens when you say your kids are coming first? Now you might say that, well, what I'm teaching my child is that when they have children, their children have to come first. But I'll tell you something, subconsciously at the back of your mind, what you are also saying is that when my children have a spouse or children, I am still very important in their lives and I deserve now to be treated with a first place kind of preference. So so that 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 gentleman in question who put his mother before his wife, you know, do you want that? Do you want your child to be married to someone who will put their mother over your child? So it's it's all of these things that we have to to really consider when we look at this question. It's not as it's and again, I keep having to say over and over again, it does not mean you love your children less. And even I under and even I understand as well why it's so important for you to have said that the conversation in your group remained respectful because I have seen this. I have seen this conversation in so many spaces and it gets nasty. Wow. Horribly, horribly negative. And I remember one lady said, you know, in my life, it's God first, then my, then my, then my husband, then our kids. And the response to her from one gentleman was like, oh, well, your kids must be so happy to know they come third in in your list of priorities. Mm -hmm. I thought you've totally missed the point, sir. I think people maybe hear the question and they hear, who do you love more? Who do you love? Oh, yes. That's it. They're totally misinterpreting the question itself. Exactly. Wow. They really, really are. You, this. I was going to kind of close off with this, with this, with this analogy, but I think I think I'll bring it in here. Mm-hmm. Talk a lot about the cup, right? That you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. That you have to essentially. What's better is that you fill up your cup and then you pour from the overflow, and that that that's what you have to give. Well, think of your think of your of 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 your family like that. And yes, I know we are assuming here a family in the sense of a husband, a wife, and their children. And families do come in all different shapes and forms. Telling you, even in a blended family, and it's maybe even more so in a blended family, we need to model healthy relationships. I have seen it before, so now this is your chance to to model it for them. All right, you want to fill up your married cup with so much love 
that the overflow just whooshes out and covers your children. Mm-hmm. So you can you apply that same analogy that the love between the two of you is so much, it just consumes your children after yeah. that. Yeah. And I mean, and what a, what a foundation you're setting for them, right? Like when they get to go out into the real world on their own one day, they get to go there from a place of knowing what love feels like, knowing what it looks like, knowing how to recognize what feels good to them. Even when they start to venture into their own relationships, now they recognize what it's like to be respected. And they recognize what it's like to have clear communication. And they recognize what it's like to like, speak your anger and own it for yourself. Like when my daughter told me, right? Like they get to learn all these things firsthand because they watched it. They watched it. It's like your relationship sets the tone for who they're becoming and who they allow in their like field of energy, to be honest. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's one of the reasons I do, not not that I think, it's one of the reasons why I do what I do because I I think, I look at society and I think, wow, why are people so negative? Why are people so unhappy? And part of it is because they're not, they haven't been brought up in a healthy environment. So mm-hmm. let us provide those healthy environments. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned there, you know, seeing that healthy communication. I mean, that's one, you know, there are some practical things to consider when we talk about what does, we talk in the abstract, okay, let's put our spouse first, let's put our kids first, or, well, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you one of the things that it looks like when you're putting your children first, where you don't, you you ignore your relationship issues because you have this idea of, okay, if we have this argument in front of our children, it's negative for them. We don't want them to be exposed to that negative energy. And yes, because by the way, you aren't supposed to be shouting at each other and okay. you know, using foul language at each other mm-hmm. with or without the kids. I was going to say, even in private, yeah. right but what happens sometimes is that instead of addressing the disagreement we try to push it under the rug we try to pretend everything is okay and now we have this unspoken tension that's building and come on people your children they are not insensitive they pick up on a lot of these things so they are picking up on those undercurrents of resentment and that tension Okay. And on top of that, what have what have what have they seen? They have seen mommy and daddy don't agree on something. And now they're pre- now they're acting as if it doesn't it, it it's not real, but they're angry at each other. And now we have this uncomfortable silence settled over our, our home for this meal or for, for this time period. Mm-hmm. So you think that you know you're helping the kids in that sense. And that's, and that's where I say you're kind of putting the children first in that sense. But what you're really supposed to do is put your spouse and your kids and yourself handling that conversation. Even if you have to turn to your kids and say, yeah, we're having a disagreement right now. Even if you have to say, we are not going to continue this conversation in front of you because this is an adult topic and it's something that adults have to handle on their own. We love you very much. And it's that kind of agreeing to disagree for the moment to then come back to the conversation afterwards. Yeah. And I, oh God, that's such a beautiful example of just showing the kids that first of all, disagreement is inevitable. Human beings have different perspectives, different thoughts, different ideas, all the, you're going to argue at some point or another, right? But you get to actually model how to handle it appropriately, how to handle it with a little bit respect and compassion and how to come to a resolution without 
being disrespectful to another human being. So I love like the idea that even in the disagreement to say that we're disagreeing right now and that's okay. Yeah. And it is. And I'm not saying that it's easy because I know when I am pissed off, oh my gosh, you want me to pause <laughs> and <laughs> acknowledge that you might have some something of value to add to this conversation? <laughs> you want me to hear you right now. <laughs> I'm not saying it's easy at all. But what I am saying is that, you know, disregarding the fact that it's happening because you think you you think you're you that no that you're not modeling you're not modeling something healthy for the children mm-hmm. um, it, it's not so deal with it some uh, some of the other things that come up in 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 this issue as well okay are you making time to spend with each other are you prioritizing time together what do i mean by that kids are busy they have busy lives mm-hmm. right i mean compared to what i used to have to do on a weekly basis my kids are you know they're way doing way way more than i am You've got the play dates, you've got the sports activities, you've got the school activities, you've got all the other 101 things that they come up with that they have to do, all right? Now, you are the parent. Time is finite. There are things that you are going to want to let them do because it's good for their development, it's good for their emotional health, it's good for their mental health. Be very careful, though. Are you overindulging in some areas? And because you may be overindulging, not because you want to be the nice parent, but because you recognize the more time you spend doing those things with or for your kids, it's the less time you have to spend at home with your husband or wife. So be very mindful there as to what's happening. Another thing that happens then is that there's this, I'll come to this point this point afterwards. Let's address what happens with the with the all the 101 activities. Does your child need that second play date this weekend? In the time where maybe you or your partner thought, oh, we can do something together, just the two of us. Is this play date number two or three for the week? Well, then, no, actually, it's more important that you and your partner have that time together. It's not always going to be possible. I remember just a few weekends ago, my husband and I looked at our schedule and like, this is ridiculous. That weekend was like, we had a 5K, a 5K for one of the boys in the morning, like, I mean, it started like 6 a.m. in the morning. After that, another one had karate. Then another one had karate. And then another one had, he had a party to go to. This is, I'll tell you one thing though. It wasn't a matter of we're going to make the kids give up one of their activities so we had time together. It was like, okay, what are we doing to manage this weekend well, right? So we took it upon ourselves as in we were handling this as a couple. Mm-hmm. These are our kids. These are our responsibilities, but they're ours. It's not It's not mine. It's not his. It's not he takes one. I take one. We hope to meet back in the middle of the day. We woke up at like 4.30 that morning. Ooh. So we would have an extra 30 minutes, but it was just us. Mm-hmm. Have morning coffee and get ready for like the crazy mm-hmm. of the day that was about to come. Right? Because Sunday wasn't much better. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. Find that time. Prioritize that time together. And the, the the times when it's really hard to do so, because again, you're not going to deny your child a chance to spend, you know, I wasn't going to tell my eldest son, you can't go do the 5k with your school. Right. Right. Mommy and daddy need to have sleep and, you know, no, that's not what I'm talking about here. No, but you figure out how you can do something 
for each other, even within that crazy, because it, it also helps you build up your resilience to the day. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that it's important to prioritize intimacy. Sex is important in a marriage. Mm -hmm. Now, I know when you have young kids, it's really hard and you're tired. You are exhausted, especially after, you know, if you're in that stage of you putting them to bed first. Mm -hmm. And you lie down on a bed with them for 30, 40, 60 minutes. Out, out cold. Out cold. <laughs> I remember those days so well. Mm -hmm. I think I have PTSD over them still, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, though, there's so much also that I feel like even that conversation, the intimacy piece, is so nuanced because also for a woman, right? Like that intimacy is mental and emotional before it ever is physical. And for a man, it's much different, right? So like there were times in my marriage where I would say like, I, I felt like the majority of the burden of, and I hate to say that word, but the burden of parenting, the responsibilities, the constant like being on mentally, you're constantly on. Um, come nighttime, I just, I wanted to shower and fall asleep. Yeah. And then, you know, at that time is where my husband would feel like neglected, say like, I felt neglected all day and now I have to turn on for you too, you know? So it would, even that had to be more self-reflection, more incredibly important conversations, more having him recognize what I needed because I was running a lot on assumption that he knew what I needed, you know, That's like he it. should just know, he should just know that these things have to be done, but also like, you know, just recognizing, first of all, I had to recognize that the majority of the responsibility fell on me because I always just took the initiative and did it. Once said from the beginning, you know, let's sit down and talk about what needs to get done so that we can divide it up a little bit. Yeah. I just did it. And then, and then I felt resentment for doing the thing that I created, right? Like, right. so I had to recognize that first, get a little self-evaluative, Evelyn, and then recognize also that with me feeling resentment and feeling like neglected, kind of, I kind of felt neglected at some times, then in turn, my answer was to neglect him. So really, like I took a problem that I felt and I turned it into his problem individually and then our problem together. Right. Exactly. 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 So it is. And this, again, is why it's important to build in those intentional times together mm -hmm. for the emotional intimacy, for the, the mental intimacy that can then impact positively the physical intimacy, yes. right? It also adds an extra bit of resilience to your relationship. Yeah. And why I say that, it's like there is a certain type of trust and vulnerability and comfort that comes with that physical intimacy that even when you're having your disagreements when you're having your hard times you understand that this is your person this is your person who you can just be they've seen the ugly parts they've seen the beautiful parts and this is all what goes into it so it cannot be neglected right it's what builds that that durability of the relationship you know Again, kind of like another, 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 another example of this. My husband, my, my, my eldest again, so he has started a new school in September. His schedule is crazy. His workload is very hard. You know, there are night. I remember one night you know, we were looking forward to our time together and we were getting ready for bed. And it's like, 
oh, I need help with my math homework. I'm like, okay, well, go help him. It's like 15 minutes to like half an hour is gone. Like, yeah. What's, what's going on? So I go back into, into his room and there they are hard at work with this whatever math problems. I am not the math person at all. So it was like, no. Okay. My husband is not going to not help our son with his math. His exam was the next day. Mm-hmm. Right. What I did at that point was that I could have just gone to bed. I'm like, no, I'll hang out with them in the room. Can't answer any questions about the math, but mm-hmm. I could do other stuff. And it was just like that. Not, we weren't we weren't spending the night together the way we had envisaged. But there was like this, 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 this sense of, yes, he might be the one coaching on the math, but we were there together. Mm-hmm. Support our son through that particular that particular. Yeah. So you like you're you you still you still had unity that so night. You unity that, that thought it wasn't as fun as it should have been. It wasn't as fun. It wasn't <laughs> as fun. You didn't get as tired out, or maybe you did. I don't know. But, yeah. You know, I yeah. think I'm more tiring sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I do think there's some there's fun though to it, right? Like I feel like a lot of times, a lot of times when marriage gets to that point where they're feeling like roommates and things like that intimacy sex feels transactional yes it does there's Mm -hmm. no there's no like fun or passion or joy or pleasure in that it's just a thing that you're doing when really like I don't like that that connection that level of connection physically is completely different when the mental and emotional piece kind of like massages you in there right like it literally primes and preps you to just be in that moment and then like I don't know it's fun to be like yes connected physically but playful and to enjoy each other and to like just rest near like I I literally lay next to my husband and I feel like I feel home. It's just yeah. home, you know? And home to me is not just somewhere that I live, but it's a feeling. It's a feeling, precisely. You know, as you say that, I remember when, you know, we we had lived in, we lived in, in England for several years and we would move to new apartments every so often. I remember always feeling like it took a while to break into a whole, a space. And even when we moved back to, to Trinidad, where we are now, again, in new spaces, I always felt like I had to break them in. But then I realized once he was with me, it was okay. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you something. Every time we moved after we had children, I never had that feeling of breaking in a space because I, I I took my home with me. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but it was like once I had these people all around me, mm-hmm. it was anywhere. Yes. And it was that that kind of that kind of understanding and that that's what home is. That it's 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 my safety, it's my mm-hmm. it's my comfort, it's these are my people. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Literally like the it is a feeling, right? But I feel like so many people chase that feeling when they don't recognize that it's literally up to them to create it. Exactly. 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 Uh-huh. And it, it, yeah, I I was find I always find it strange to to describe, but I, I I do remember in those first instances of moving, we would really there would be this physical closeness between us. It was almost as if we were trying to remind each other this is where home was first. Like, okay, and then the rest of the stuff would follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I love that. But it, it, it's funny because we talked about a range of conversations in this episode, but I still feel like every single topic that we covered comes back to recognizing who you are, recognizing what you desire, truly like reflecting on what's working in your life and what's not. 
And, and it all comes down to the life that you have or want is totally available to you, but you first have to recognize that you're worthy of it and you have to be willing to receive it. And then you can do the work to create it. Yeah, exactly. And that's actually one of the last points, putting kids first. But what about you? Because when you deny yourself the interests that you have, the hobbies that you have, the self-care that you need, you're building up resentment and frustration mm-hmm. and tension. Yeah. So again, it is, and that was one of the last things I wanted to say, is that you have to put your, even if you don't want to use the word self-care, you have to put your mental and, and, and physical well-being as a priority because mm-hmm. that benefits them in the end too. 100%. I love that because I, I often say like, I used to think like, you know, I have to do everything for my girls. Like they were the priority, but then I had to see that the literal message I was sending them was you can be anything you want to be. I trust you. I believe in you. You are smart. You are motivated. Like you, there, you have no limits, but when you have children, you don't matter anymore. Yeah. Like, what a horrible lesson. Like, for me to realize that I was living exactly what I didn't want them to feel. Right. Oh, I had to make some changes. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because yes. <laughs> I do want them. I do want them to always feel loved and cared for. But I want them to walk through life knowing that their desires are important. That their needs are important and that they should never feel burdened by needing anything. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, this is so good. It is. It is. This is so good. All right, Kim. I know that I've kept you upwards of an hour now. Before we finish off with my last question, can you tell the guests how to connect with you, where to find you, socials, emails, or if you have any um, programs upcoming? Sure. I am on Instagram and Facebook, and I know Evelyn is going to put it in the show notes, but it's Kim Ken DeSilva on Instagram. I have one-on-one coaching available, but if you're not ready for one-on-one coaching and you just, you're looking for something to kind of ease you into it, something to start your thought processes changing or start your actions, because actions are what move us forward. If you're look, if you're ready to just start implementing some daily changes, I do have a 20-day challenge guide that you can follow where I, every day for 20 days, I give you one task to complete that's meant to help you build a closer relationship with your partner. I love that. That's I- what I I'll be sure to link that in the show notes too. And Kim, before I can let you go, my final question is, in the Minding Mind community, we know that Minding Mind is not about being nosy. When I say mind your business, I'm talking about getting all in your business, your instincts, your intuition, what it is that makes you tick. And really to figure that out, you have to be able to shut off all the noise and turn off all the stories that have kind of hidden your actual self for the majority of your life. So how can you say that minding yours, being more intuitive, listening to your gut instincts, how do you feel like that may change the trajectory of the legacy you're leaving for your children? I think one of the things that my children 
are going to notice and remember about me and even my husband compared to what you know we were exposed to as children is that it's okay to speak your mind mm. it is that you have to be respectful you have to be kind people aren't always going to agree with what I have to say but it's okay to start that conversation and it's okay to say what I need mm -hmm. even what I want my That's kids have right. no problem saying what they want <laughs> no, no they can't. <laughs> yeah. I love that essentially literally what you're gifting them is the confidence to use their voice I love that that's beautiful. It drives me crazy, Evelyn. It drives me crazy sometimes. I'm like, that's the that's the difficult part I feel of like parenting children, raising them differently, right? To really like focus on themselves and what they want and need. Right? You you forget that that means that that comes with questioning and doing things differently, and sometimes that means this question in us too. Yeah. I told my youngest the other day, make yourself useful. Come and do. He's like, first of all, mommy, I am already useful. You are. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Thank you for putting me in my place again. Thank you for being the teacher. I will continue to be the student. Yes, that is the truth. Kim, thank you so much. I love this conversation. I love all the different directions it went in and could have gone in. And everyone else, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Minding Mind. And if this episode resonates with you, remember to comment, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Your feedback always helps me grow. And until next time, go live your life on your terms and please mind your business. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.